in the during the early days tamal krishna maharaj and vishnu jan swami they started a program called radha damodar bas party and <coughs> they started off with one uh second hand greyhound bus in america there is a bus service called the greyhound bus service and so they bought an old bus and started that program and it became so popular that in course of time they had six buses six buses and and it was it became so popular how did it become so popular that whenever they would go to a temple the brahmacharis would leave the temple because the program in the bus party was so attractive and also people those who came there like especially young students and all like they would <coughs> come they the devotees would bring those uh or those uh, youngsters to the bus and tamal krishna maharaj and vishnu jan maharaj used to speak to them the newcomers and they used to tell me i didn't see it myself they used to tell me that they would come to the bus from one door and by the time they came out of the other door they got shaved up <laughs> so yeah that's 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 how it should be like spiritual life should be so exciting that one would as soon as they came in contact with it they would immediately think that this is what i wanted of course as i said things are different now and it's not the same like those days whoever came we just grabbed them my situation was not like that i didn't come on to the come to the bus party but i came to mayapur i came in the evening and i shaved up the next morning <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> and nobody had to tell me anything it was just because we saw one thing is those days yeah how things were different those days because those days many of us were actually searching we are searching for something something that is that will bring some meaning to our lives and and as soon as we came to krishna consciousness at least that's how it happened to me as soon as i came to shila prabhupada's teachings nectar of devotion it just became clear to me this is what i was looking for 
So, <clears throat> a sincere soul will always search for some purpose of his existence. And that's why I urge to the youngsters to kind of seriously consider this Krishna consciousness and and it's happening, the youngsters are coming but what I tell them after you complete your studies go and work for some time because that's one thing also we learned from our mistakes those days many of us just spontaneously joined ISKCON leaving behind uh, our uh, uh, without even considering about the future and those who remained in ISKCON it was fine with them but those who got married and tried to fend for them and had to fend for themselves they faced some problems because they didn't really, really have proper education, they didn't have proper training, they didn't have the skill so they had to struggle. Those days many of the devotees uh, had to take up jobs in gas stations filling gas in the petrol pumps. That's about the only job they could take because they couldn't take up a job in a restaurant or things because all the restaurants are non-veg. So that's why we learned our lessons and that's why I tell devotees that just complete your studies, work for a couple of years so that someday if you go back to that world then at least you have some something to fall back on. So, <clears throat> but the best thing is to come with a one-way ticket. So today I thought that instead of just telling stories, we'll get into some serious things. And that is Krishna's instructions and that is Bhagavad Gita. So that is one very important aspect of Krishna's pastimes. That is actually, in a way, that is the most important aspect of Krishna's pastimes. Although Krishna did not play such an important role in Mahabharat, uh, Mahabharat is actually centered around the Pandavas. But whenever Krishna appeared in Mahabharat, he just like brilliant as the sun, he came in. And, uh, and the height of Krishna's appearance in Mahabharat is during the battle of Kurukshetra. He came to different other occasions, like uh, when Draupadi was being insulted, uh, 
Krishna came to her rescue. When Arjun and Krishna were uh, uh, in Hastinapur, they had this end, and they went out traveling. Then they encountered uh, Agnidev, who was suffering from dyspepsia, indigestion. He, he drank so much ghee that he was suffering from uh, Agnimanda. Agnidev was suffering from Agnimanda. Uh, that is, Agnimanda is a disease. In English, the word for that is dyspepsia. The Sanskrit word is Agnimanda, which means lack of fire. So Agnidev had lack of fire <laughs> to digest the food because he drank so much ghee. And you can rest assured that when you drink too much ghee, you don't feel like eating anything. <laughs> and in Ayurveda, there is a treatment called snehopanam, drinking ghee. And they make, make you drink a lot of ghee. And for seven days, all you do is just drink ghee. And it's a way of cleansing the body. So anyway, so Agni Dev was suffering from lack of Agni and so he had to burn something to ignite the fire. So there was a forest uh, called Khandav Forest. And so he wanted to eat that forest or rather set the forest in fire but each time he approached Indra came and extinguished the fire with rains so Krishna and Balaram were uh, Krishna and Arjuna were there at that time so Agnidev approached them and asked them to help and so they agreed and eventually, when Agnidev was burning that fire, forest, then Indra came to extinguish that forest and Arjun had a big fight with Indra. And he actually defeated Indra and allowed Agnidev to eat the fire. I mean, sort of burn the forest. So anyway, uh, this is another occasion when Krishna was there. When Krishna got married to Kalindi, it was also around that time. She, he went to Jamuna where she was performing austerities. Arjun was there with him. In this way, from time to time, Krishna appeared in Mahabharata but he did not play a very prominent role. But when it came to Bhagavad Gita or the battle of Kurukshetra, then uh, Krishna played a very, very important role. And in Bhagavad Gita, as we all know, 
I mean, in Battle of Kurukshetra, as you all know, when the battle was about to begin, then uh, Krishna spoke this most elevated, most profound, and the most sublime wisdom to Arjuna. Bhagavad Gita, in a way, is the essence of the Vedic culture. So what I will try to explain through this is that how Bhagavad Gita is leading to the highest uh, spiritual understanding or most elevated spiritual understanding. The Vedas have three sections. Those three sections are Karma, Jnana and Bhakti. The preliminary level is Karma. The next level is Jnana. And the final level is Bhakti. It is not that there are three different branches or three different levels and all are equally important. No. Sometimes people think that. Uh, that uh, but Chaitanya Charitamrita actually makes it very clear that Karmakanda section of the Vedas and Gyanakanda sections of the Vedas are not important. Rather, it has been mentioned that Karmakanda section and Gyanakanda section of the Vedas are like two pots of poison. Karmakanda, Gyanakanda, Kevali, Vishirabhanda, Omrita Boliyajeva Khai, Nana Joni Bhonabhraman Gare Kadurja Bhakkhan Gare Tar Janma Adhopate Jai Meaning, Karmakanda and Ganakanda sections of the Vedas are actually two pots of poison. And if one drinks that poison, thinking it to be nectar, Amrita Boliya Jeva Khai, he simply transmigrates from one body to another. He eats all kinds of garbage, uh, all kinds of abominable things. And his birth, his existence goes to, uh, his, his existence is doomed. So, <coughs> So this is how we can see that Karmakanda and Ganakanda are not really important aspects of the Vedas. What really matters is Bhakti. And why Karmakanda and Ganakanda is there? To suit different people's approach. Like, what is the initial, what is the natural affinity 
or natural desire for a living entity. What does a living entity naturally want? A living entity naturally wants to enjoy. Hmm. So Karmakanda section of the Vedas are giving that, how to enjoy, how to enjoy. Like we can see with our common sense, if we want to enjoy in a wrong way, then we end up getting punished. So enjoyment in a wrong way is not desirable. Rather, one should try to enjoy in a right way. And the Vedas are giving the right way to enjoy. Yagarthat karmana annatra lokoyam karma vandhana Activity should be performed for the sake of sacrifice. Yagya. Yagya means activity should be performed for the pleasure of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And that will give you facilities to enjoy. That is the simple understanding of Karmakanda. Perform these activities in the right way, you will enjoy. It is something like you prepare yourself in the right way, then uh, you'll earn a lot of money and you'll be able to enjoy. But no matter how much one tries to enjoy, uh, can anybody have uninterrupted enjoyment? Hmm? No. There is no uninterrupted enjoyment. Although we do not want to suffer, suffering comes. Nobody invites suffering. Nobody says, uh, suffering, please come. Everybody's prayer is, oh, how can I enjoy? How can I enjoy? Nobody ever considers, how can I suffer? How can I suffer? Nobody ever uh, tries to invite suffering. What they try is to ward the suffering off. Push it aside. So that it doesn't affect us. That's what we do with suffering. So, <clears throat> the right way to enjoy uh, is like you prepare yourself nicely and uh, you will be able to enjoy. You prepare yourself nicely, you make a lot of money and uh, you will be able to enjoy. But no matter, actually, and this enjoyment that the Vedas are offering, fulfillment of desire, uh, goes all the way up to attaining the position of Lord Brahma. In this material nature, what can be greater than the position of Lord Brahma? Uh, so, the Karmakanda section of the Vedas are providing the opportunity to even go up to Lord Brahma. But then the consideration is, no matter where we are, we are suffering. 
So then one wonders, why am I suffering? So that is actually taking him to the next level. That is Jnana And through Jnana one gets to know that the material nature is a place of suffering. And this body is an instrument for receiving pain. This material nature is a place of suffering and the body is an instrument to receive pain. So, how can we avoid suffering then? If this is a place of suffering, can we avoid suffering? What we can do at the most and what we are always doing is to prevent the suffering condition. Uh, safeguard, protect ourselves from suffering. That's what we are always doing. We're struggling uh, not to suffer. But when one realizes that there is a place of suffering and suffering is inevitable and naturally one doesn't want to suffer, so what would be his natural tendency? How can I get out of here? This tendency how to get out of here is taking us to the Ganakanta section. How to get out of here? And Bhagavad Gita there also teaches us how to get out of here in a positive way. We can get out of the prison if we consider that this is a prison house, then we can get out of the prison in two different ways. One way is by digging a tunnel out of the prison or scaling the wall uh, or uh, nowadays also we heard that sometimes the prisoners escape with helicopters. Uh, at some point the helicopter comes, drops a rope and the prisoner just climbs up and escapes. But the thing is, no matter whichever way we escape, we cannot really become free from the suffering condition. Like we may go out of the prison, but our condition may become even worse. At least in the prison, timely they are getting the food. <laughs> in the prison they had some shelter, some bed to sleep on and so forth. But now he has to hide from the police. Uh, he may have escaped, but the police is behind him. He can't be in uh, open places. He hides. And if he is caught, then he is 
prison sentence will be even more severe. So is this the right way of getting out of the prison? No. What is the right way then? The right way is to surrender to the king. Become obedient to the king. Mm. Then the king may free one. So here, here also <clears throat> this material nature is a place of suffering. Dukkhalayam Ashwashatam. This material nature is a place of Dukkhalayam, a place of suffering. Uh, and whatever happiness is there is Ashwashatam, is only temporary. Therefore, we must get out of here. But how to get out of here? Bhagavad Gita is pointing out uh, that it's by rendering uh, service to the Lord or performing sacrifice. And so <clears throat> these are the uh, two ways out of this. Which one is a positive way of getting out of the prison? By surrendering to the or appealing to the king. And then finally, uh, when one becomes an unalloyed devotee to the Lord, then he achieves the ultimate platform. Like now, uh, he can become properly situated. Okay, so then finally Bhagavad Gita is giving us the instruction how to surrender to Krishna and what's the reward for that surrender. So, <coughs> Bhagavad Gita has 18 chapters and it has 700 verses. So what's the Bhagavad Gita's background? How many of you know the background of Bhagavad Gita? How many of you don't know the background of Bhagavad Gita? Few hands, how many of you know? Few hands, how many of you don't know? <laughs> and how many of you refuse to raise your hands? <laughs> raise your hands. <laughs> Those who didn't raise your hands, please raise your hands. What's the matter? Okay, I know how to make you raise your hands. <laughs> how many of you want to hear about the background? <laughs> now everyone is... <laughs> See, this is your trick. You just raise your hands and you compel me to talk. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what to do? Like, I have already subjected myself to this condition. <laughs> okay, this is coming from a dynasty called 
Chandravamsa, it's coming from moon god, Somdev. And in this line, as I remember the other day, I mentioned about a king called Jajati. From Jajati came a specific dynasty called Puru dynasty. And in that dynasty, there was an illustrious king called Shantanu. Shantanu got married to Ganga Devi, the celestial river, who is personified is a consort of Krishna actually. So Shantanu got married to Ganga Devi and she gave birth to seven children and right after their birth she took them to the river and drowned the newborn babies. She did that, okay that's another history. Once <clears throat> the eight Bashus, there are eight demigods, uh, there are different categories of demigods also, like there are twelve Adittas, twelve Adittas and seven sages, Shaptarshis, eight Vashus. So these eight Vasus were traveling through the space and they saw their wife, one of their wives, one of the Vasus' wife, saw a beautiful cow and she wanted to have that cow. And the other Vasus told, don't do that, no, no, don't desire that because that cow is the daughter of Surabhi. Her name is Nandini and this cow is in possession of Vashishta Muni. And Vashishta Muni is very fond, very, very fond of this cow and so there is no way you can get this cow. So she insisted, insisted, and then finally, uh, being pestered in this way, they stole the cow. When Vashishta came back and couldn't find Nandini, so through his mystic vision, he could see what actually happened. And he saw how the Vasus came and stole the cow. So Vashishta cursed that you all are not fit to remain in the heavenly planets. Your behavior is so abominable that you go down to the earth planet and there you become human beings. Now for a demigod to become a human being is a big demotion, big fall down. So they came to Vashishta, begged for forgiveness, please, please forgive us. 
वशिष्ठ से द वर्ड्स दैट हैव गॉन आउट फ्रॉम माई माउथ इज नॉट गोइंग टू गो इन वेन इट्स गोइंग टू हैपन बट इफ गंगा बिकम्स योर मदर देन राइट आफ्टर योर बर्थ यू विल बी डिलीवर्ड but the one who stole the cow physically he'll have to stay in the earth planet for a long long time so that is why ganga came got married to santanu shantanu and <clears throat> as the children were born they were uh, dropped in the river killed because uh, they were meant to just die they came got the human form died and so this is how seven of the children got drowned but the eighth one uh, survived survived in the sense the that ganga had a condition when she got when she agreed to marry king shantanu that if ever you contest or question my activity even if you ever ask me why i am doing something i will leave you so shantanu agreed with that condition he was so infatuated by the beauty of ganga he just agreed and <clears throat> but when the, that's why he could not he couldn't stop ganga from killing the children when the eighth son was about to be taken to the river to be drowned shantanu couldn't retain himself he just said why are you doing such a thing why how can you be so cruel killing your own children in this way please spare this one so then ganga told okay now that you broke your promise i will leave however this child uh, will need my care so i'll take him with me but when he grows up i'll send him back to you so this child of shantanu was devavrata who later became known as bhishma Bhishma was very valiant very powerful wonderful personality uh, he grew up in the heavenly planet uh, he grew up uh, studying under brihaspati and learning warfare from parashuram so then when he was 16 years then ganga sent him to his father so bhishma became very attached to his father and the father became very attached to him so they were practically constant companion they were not so much a father and son they were more like a friend intimate friend so one day while while hunting Shantanu came across an extremely beautiful girl and that woman was uh, Padmavati 
सॉरी सत्तवती सो सत्तवती वॉज द डॉटर ऑफ अ फिशमैन फिशमैन किंग एंड सो द फिश द एस्ट्रोलॉजिकल रीडिंग मैंशन दैट हरसान वुड बिकम किंग so when shantanu approached the fisherman king for his daughter in marriage then the fisherman king dhibaraj told him that yes i can give you my daughter on a condition that her son will become the king so shantanu said i already have a son he has already been coronated you know he is my successor to the throne then dibar raj told then forget about forget about getting married to my daughter so shantanu came back to his palace bhishma could see that he was for some reason he is very depressed so he asked but he wouldn't tell him then he asked the chariot driver and the chariot driver told him what happened so then bhishma said can you take me to that place so he said yes sure so he took him to that place he spoke to the fisherman king and the fisherman king said okay i already told your father that i can offer my daughter to him provided her son becomes the king so bhishma said fine i'll relinquish my claim over the throne this fisherman was very cunning so he said okay you may relinquish your claim over the throne but what about your children if they do then there'll be a conflict among the family members and then bishma assured him that he would never get married so because he had taken such a terrible vow that's why he got the name bishma so mahavarat actually gives a very wonderful demonstration of karmic reactions for example see bhishma took a vow not to have any claim over the throne not to get married but what happened uh, the two sons of satavati uh, Chitrangad and Bichitravidya Birja died young. One died fighting with the Jakshas, Chitrangada, and the other, Bichitravidya, died out of uh, consumption, out of tuberculosis. And <coughs> so now there is no successor to the throne. 
Like Satavati's father wanted to secure her sons to become the king and now they did become king but they died and now there is no one to succeed the throne. Satavati appealed to Bhishma, please you take over the kingdom, you become the king. Bhishma said no. She even urged him to get married and have children so that there would be some successor. But Bhishma's response was that he has taken a vow that he would never get married. So in that situation, the two queens that were there, Ambika and Ambalika, they uh, actually, because their, hu their husband died, Vichitravija died prematurely, so their half-brother, Vichitravija's half-brother, Vasudev was invited. And in the Vedic culture, when the husband dies and the woman, the wife doesn't have any children, then she can have children from the brother-in-law. That was, that, that culture was there previously, but now of course that culture is not permissible. And anyway, so that in that way, uh, Vasudev was his half-brother, another son of Sattvati. Uh, so Vasudev was called and Vasudev was asked to procreate in the womb of the queens. And as a result of that, Dhritarashtra and Pandu and Vidura were born. So, <clears throat> in due course of time, and okay, when they were born, Dhritarashtra was blind, so he couldn't become a king. So Pandu became the king. But Pandu, due to some curse, Pandu also died young. And Pandu had five children. They are the Pandavas, and Dhritarashtra had hundred children, headed by Durjathan. Now see, Dhritarashtra, because he was blind, he couldn't become a king. But after Pandu died, Dhritarashtra became the king. But actually, it was Durjodhan who was managing the whole scene. And, and Durjodhan was extremely uh, crooked, extremely dishonest, and is a personification of all bad qualities. Durjodhan actually is an incarnation of Kali. And Durjodhan and Pandavas developed a deep animosity. Pandavas were Vaishnavas, so they did not really care for that, any position and assets. But Durjodhan became very envious of them. So as a result of that, eventually now they are meeting in a battle of Kurukshetra. So in the battle of Kurukshetra, Krishna became the chariot driver of Arjun and so he was driving Arjun's chariot.
So when the war was about to begin, Arjun requested Krishna to take the chariot close to the enemy line so that he could see who he'll have to fight with. But when he saw that all his relatives, uh, his guru Dronacharya, his grandfather Bhishma, Durjodhan, Ashwatthama, uh, like they all grew up together, they're, they're brothers. And his uncle, Shalva, uh, so they're all on the enemy line. And so Durjodhan, uh, Arjun became very much afflicted with that sight. And he wanted to, he decided not to fight that battle. He gave various reasons why this fight is not appropriate, how this fight, this battle, will cause so much damage to the society. But still, Krishna actually advised him to fight. And it is not that Krishna advised him to fight, Krishna instructed him with true knowledge and then Krishna left it up to him to decide what he wanted to do. So in Bhagavad Gita what Krishna is giving is the real knowledge. So then <clears throat> So Arjun, we can see how bewildered he became and then finally Arjun approached Krishna, submitting himself. So this is the point we have been discussing for the last few days. What devotion actually entails? Devotion is, devotion begins with surrender. Devotion is a process of surrender. So that's what, that's how we have to uh, understand. And in to, uh, to approach that world of devotion, we must approach a bona fide spiritual master. And then that spiritual master will impart the knowledge. That is the basic principle. Hmm. So that's why we see that Arjun now, after being completely bewildered, is approach is requesting Krishna that he is submitting himself to him as his disciple. That means he is now ready to accept instructions from him. So Arjun said, maybe you all can take note of the number of the verses and make it a point to contemplate or read them to understand these points properly. Are you all listening carefully? How many of you are taking notes? Very good, very good. So, the seventh verse of second chapter. 
Arjun is admitting his inability to decide what to do, what not to do. And that's why he is accepting Krishna as his spiritual master. Karpan, the verse goes like, Karpanya dosha pahato sabhava prichami twang dharma sammura cheta jachreya sen nashchitam bruhitan me shishya stehang sadhimantang propannam I am submitting myself completely to you. Shishya stehang, I am becoming your disciple. So you please impart this knowledge unto me. Karpanna, how many of you know this verse? Karpanna dosha apahata sabhava prichami twang dharma sammura cheta jachreya saan nishritam bruhitan me shishyaste hang sadhimantam prapannam So, in this way, Arjuna surrendered himself to Krishna. As I mentioned, with the surrender, the spiritual life begins. Then Sanjay told that saying this, Arjuna gave up his bow and arrogant Wow. And na yotsa iti govindam ukta tushting babhu baha. Govinda, I can't fight. I will not fight. Saying that, he dropped his weapon and he decided not to fight. Eva Mukta Rishikesha Gurakeshe Gurakesha Parantapaha Na Yotsa Iti Govindam Uktava Uktava Tushnim Bhubhibhaha I shall not fight and fell silent. But then Krishna started to advise Arjun. Krishna's advice to Arjun was, <clears throat> Arjun, you are speaking like a wise man, but you don't have the knowledge. Because you are lamenting over something that one should not lament. So it's not, huh? it's not befitting you. <clears throat> And then Krishna started to advise <coughs> advise Arjun on the science of Krishna consciousness, uh, saying that Arjun, you are speaking about killing your enemy, killing your friends, killing your relatives, but actually there was never a time when you, I, and all these kings did not exist. We are existing now and in future also these three personalities in future also you will uh, 
uh, encounter. So, uh, that is, uh, I just lost the, that, the chain. Uh, anyway, uh, Krishna, uh, in future also there will never be a time when you will not be here, I will not be here, and they will not be here. We have always been here, you, I, and these kings, and we are still here, and we will continue to be here. So there will never be a time when we won't be here. Then he goes to the main point. That this body is changing. But in spite of the change of the body, we are not changing. So who are the real we? Uh, the, in spite of the change of the body, we are not changing. So who are we? We are the owners of the body. We are the spirit souls. So this is how Krishna, right at the beginning, is making uh, a distinction between the body and the soul. We all are thinking that we are our body and we don't have any information about the soul. And that is the ignorance. So Krishna is taking Arjuna out of his ignorance by giving him the real knowledge. What is the real knowledge? The knowledge about the soul. Knowledge about the soul. And then he started to give the nature of the soul. Dehi Nashmin Jatha Dehi that is 2.13. Dehi Nashmin Jatha Dehi Kumaram Jovanam Jara Tatha Dehantara Praptir Dhirastatrana Muihati as the embodied soul continuously passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age, the soul similarly passes into another body at death. A sober person is not bewildered by such a change. Hmm. A sober person is not bewildered by such a change. Sober person means one who is situated in proper knowledge. See how wonderfully Krishna established the difference between the body and the soul. Huh? Who under Let us consider huh, the logic behind it, the difference between the body and the soul. Huh? Krishna made the logic in this way. The body is changing from childhood to youth to old age and so forth. Right? Now, although the body changes, are you the same or you also changed? You are the same. So in this way he is pointing out that the change of the body is not affecting you. You remain somebody who is unaffected by the body. Therefore, 
when the body is finished you will continue to exist then who are you if i ask you who are you spirit souls very good then krishna is telling the nature of the spirit soul the nature of the spirit soul avinashi tu tad vidhi yena sarvam idam tatam vinasham abhayashashya na kashchit kartum arhasi arhati avinashi avinashi means vinash means destroy avinashi means indestructible the soul is indestructible that which pervades the entire body see what pervades the entire body is it what pervades the entire body consciousness and yes the soul is the source of that consciousness that which pervades the entire body you should know to be indestructible no one is able to destroy that imperishable soul soul is imperishable then uh, did i give the number of this one 17 217 then we go to 220 na jayate mriyate va kadachin nayang bhutva bhavita va na bhuya ajonitya shashrata ayang purana na hannate hannamane sharire for the soul there is neither birth nor death at any time na jayate the soul is never born nor will it ever die mriyate va kadachin he has not come into being does not come into being and will not come into being he is unborn eternal ever existing and primeval he is not slain when the body is slain then krishna gives one very nice example text 22 vashamshi jirnani jatha bihaya navani grinhati naro parani tatha sharirani bihaya jirnani annani sangjati navani dehi jirnani bashangshi jatha bihaya the word bihaya means giving up jirnani means jirna means worn out old bashangshi means dress just as we discard the old dress and then put on a new one similarly when this body becomes old the soul or the proprietor or the owner of the body uh, leaves that body and 
takes up a new one. So, what is what is the relationship between the soul and the body? The relationship between the soul and the body is like a person and his dress. The soul is the person, body is the dress. Vasham Shijirnan. This is such a beautiful verse. I gave the number 22. Then again, Krishna is telling the characteristic of the soul. Nainang chinnanti shastrani. Shastra means, astra means weapon. Chinnanti, cut. What does weapons do? They cut. But the soul, the soul cannot be cut by any weapon. The soul can never be cut to pieces by any weapon, nor burned by fire, nor moistened by water, nor withered by the wind. So that is the nature of the soul. It is not affected by any condition of this material world. Weapons cannot cut it, fire cannot burn it, Water cannot moisten it and air cannot wither it. So this is how uh, the, the soul's characteristic and nature has been established by Krishna. Then Krishna is giving the characteristics of this body. The nature of this body is Jatasahi dhruvam mrittur dhruvam janma mrittasacha Whoever is born, the body is born, the body will die. Can anyone, can anyone refute that? Can, he, can anyone defeat that? No. No matter how much people want to live forever, but this body cannot be preserved. Only uh, Ill illiterate, uneducated uh, people, uh, stupid, you know, people in ignorance, they try to make this body immortal. Like the mummify the bodies. That was the culture in Egypt. Try to preserve the soul, not the body. <laughs> and they have done that to Lenin's body also. In Russia, when you go there, the center of the city, there is a museum. So you can see, uh, there are people in total ignorance. And because of their ignorance, they are trying to preserve the body, thinking the body is the self. But whereas the Hindu culture, the Vedic culture, as soon as the body is dead, take it and burn it. Get rid of it. <laughs> as soon as it's possible. You know how soon it should be? In the Vedic culture says, 
that if somebody dies during the day, then his body should be burned before the sunset. And if someone dies at night, then his body should be burnt before sunrise. How could they act in such a way? Because they are situated in knowledge. Only when one has spiritual knowledge, one can act like that. But those who are in ignorance, they say, no, no, hold on to the body. Because this is how we can see who is situated in knowledge and who is situated in ignorance. And Krishna then is urging Arjuna to fight the battle. Krishna is saying, Bhoktarang, I'm sorry, Bhogai Sharja Prashaktanam, Tayaparhita Chetasam, Bhavasayatmika Buddhi Samadhona Vidhiyate. Why people develop that kind of mentality? Uh, who are those people? Those who uh, do not aspire for spiritual knowledge. Those who are bhogai sharja prashaktanam. Those who are too attached to sense, enjoyment and material opulence. Sense enjoyment and material opulence. Those who are too attached to that and who are bewildered by such things, the resolute determination for devotional service to the Supreme Lord does not take place. Bhavasayatmika buddhi samadhona vidhiyate. So, this is 244. Bhogai Sharja Prashaktanam Taya Parhita Chetasham. So, do you think it's a good idea to become attached to sense gratification and material opulence? How many of you think that it's not a good idea? Or maybe I asked the wrong way. <laughs> How many of you think it's a good idea? Huh? No one. Okay, I got the answer. <laughs> so, samadhona uh, vidhyate. They don't develop attraction to understand the spiritual reality. Then Krishna urges Arjuna to act in a proper way. And then he advises that Arjun, you have the right to perform your prescribed duty, but you are not entitled to the fruits of action. You have right to perform your prescribed duties, but you do not have the right to, you, have not, you are not entitled to the fruits of action. Karmanne Karasti Ma Faleshu Kadachanam Ma Karma Fala Hetur Bhur Ma Te Sangas Teshu Sangasta Karmanaha 
you have the right to perform your prescribed duties, but you do not have any right to claim them, the fruits of action. Never consider the cause of the results of your activities. Never consider yourself the cause of the results of your activities and never be attached to not doing your duty. So this is actually Krishna is giving us an information how to become detached. So that's 47. Then 48 is Jogastha Kuru Karmani Sangam Takta Dhananja Sangam Takta Dhanas Jaya Dhananjaya Shiddha Shiddho Samabhutva Samatvang Yoga Uchyate The definition of yoga is Perform your duty equipoised O Arjun Abandoning all attachment to success or failure Such equanimity is called yoga Anyway, in this way Krishna speaks about how one gets entangled in the material nature. Then we go to the third chapter. In the third chapter Krishna is instructing, instructing how to act. And Krishna is telling in this world there are two ways. There are two ways Lokesh Dibidha Nishta. Dibidha means two types of Nishta. And Pura Prokta Mayanagha. I have told that in the past. Jnana Jogena Shankhyanam Karma Jogena Joginam. Jnana Jogena Sankhanam Karma Jogena Joginam. The Sankhyas follow the process of Jnana, knowledge. And Yogi uh, or uh, Bhakti Yogis perform the process of devotional service. And in this way, Krishna pointed out that living entity has to act. Nahi koshchit kshanamopi jatu tishthat akarmakrit. Without acting, one cannot stay even for a moment. Therefore, it's advisable that you become active in action. Anyway, <clears throat> so uh, in this way Krishna started to instruct Arjun. Uh, what was the first lesson that Krishna gave to Arjun? Hmm? Our actual identity is not this body but the soul. And then Krishna is telling that we must act. Without acting, we cannot stay. 
नहीं कश्चित क्षणमपि जातु कर्म जातु कर्म नहीं अकर्म कृत विदाउट वर्किंग वी कैन इवन स्टे फॉर अ मोमेंट देयर फोर वी मस्ट एक्ट बट द एक्शंस कैन बी ऑफ टू टाइप्स सेंस ग्रेटिफिकेशन और एंगेजमेंट इन डिवोशनल सर्विस अर्जुन इज ब्रिंगिंग द थर्ड कंसिडरेशन आल्सो हियर of action that <clears throat> there are only two types either we act for our sense gratification or we don't or we act for krishna but third consideration is not to act but krishna emphatically telling that's not possible if you think that action is bad therefore we'll give up action not act no inaction is not possible because nahi kashchit kshanam api even for a moment a living entity cannot stay without acting mm-hmm. so how can you say that without you will stay without acting you may sit down at one place can you stop your mind you can sit down at one place or you may be even sleeping not uh, acting at all but in your sleep aren't you breathing in your sleep isn't your uh, heart pumping isn't your stomach digesting even when a mosquito comes you slap it <laughs> so, in your sleep <laughs> so without acting you cannot stay even for a moment but the consideration is okay actions are bad so what do you do what is the positive way one thing you can say oh we yeah, i am acting in a bad way so i will not act but the thing is that you cannot stay without acting but the solution is right action good action and what is the right action right action is service to krishna that is why it's called yoga because this is going to link us up to the supreme personality of god okay so should we invite some questions at this point Demigods are also praying, provided they know the benefit of coming to the earth planet and getting the human body. Right? 
But if they're thinking, oh, I'm a demigod, why should I go down and become? Hmm. See, when the point is the demigod who know how to get out of this material nature. Those who know the benefit of becoming a devotee of Krishna, they want to come to the earth planet. Any other question? Oh, I see. We have quite a few questions here. So there is a question, no name. Whose question is this? Okay, I'll read it out. Oh, Acha. From Harendra Mohan Raj. I thought it said Hare Krishna Maharaj. <laughs> Who is Hare Krishna Mohan Raj? Okay. <laughs> okay. So you stayed back, huh? Okay, very good. Uh, you explained about how Krishna really loved us, loved his devotees in Vrindavan because they treated him as a friend. How can this relate to how we worship Krishna as a god or a friend or both? You see, as long as you remember that Krishna is God, you can't actually deal with him like a friend. Hmm. For example, how do you deal with your friends? When you meet him, put his put your arm around his uh, shoulder and make fun of him, joke with him. But can you do that when you know that Krishna is God? Or meaning, can you go to the altar and put your arm around Krishna? <laughs> right? But in Vrindavan, the cowherd boys can do that. Why? Because their Krishna is not God to them. He's a cowherd boy, their friend. You get the point. <laughs> so that's why uh, that when we worship Him, we have to worship Him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as we do in the as we do in the altar, right? For example, you know, say so you are sitting with your friend. Let's consider, you know, how the friendship is actually. When you are uh, when you have a when you are with a friend, and he is eating something from his plate, you are eating. Then he says, oh, this is so nice. And you say, well, uh, let me taste it. Then you pick it up from his plate and eat it. Right? But when you are offering boga to Krishna, can he ever do things like that? <laughs> but in Vrindavan, the cowherd boys do that. Because to them, Krishna is not the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 
Krishna is a coward boy, their friend. You see, so, therefore, if we really want to develop friendship with Krishna, then we have to go to Vrindavan. And there we have to be influenced by Yogamaya's arrangement. And then only we'll be able to deal with Krishna. Shatish Krishna Das. Hare Krishna, Srila Gurudev, Dandavat Pranam. Please accept my humble obeisances unto your lotus feet. Thank you so much for a wonderful seminar. Uh, my question is, yesterday's class you spoke about Samanta Panchak. That river is now present or not? It's not a river, it's a lake. Uh, and yes, it's still present. Uh, this one is from Abhai. Hmm. Please accept, okay. My question is from previous session. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur took sannas uh, by standing in front of um, spiritual his spiritual master's photo. So my question is how they got sannas name? Good. Uh, very good point. How did he get the name? He already had a name. Hmm. That is, he was, he got the title because of his astrological genius. He got a title Siddhanta Saraswati. The scholars of India gave him that title. So he used that title and just put a bhakti in front of front of it uh, and Swami at the end of it. <laughs> bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami. Hmm. Vinita Ramchandani Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Srimad Bhagavatam 6.14.11 mentions King Chitraketu had 10 million wives. My question is, are there other kings too who had more wives than Krishna had? You mentioned one already. Chitraketu, yes. Then this one is Jagajivandas. Lord told in Bhagavad Gita, Adityanam Ahang Vishnu, that Vishnu is different or same Supreme Personality of Godhead. As you told, Adityas is a category of demigods. Good, very good. You see, the name Aditya comes from Aditi. Right? Like Aditi sons are Adityas. Hmm. 
Diti sons are daitas. So Manu sons are manavas. So this way, from the father or mother, one gets his identity also. So Aditi had one son. His name was Trivikram. That is Bamandev. So that is Vishnu. So he has been addressed as Vishnu. Also, another consideration is, Lord Vishnu also appeared as a demigod, who is protecting the demigods. So that is also Vishnu. It's a long question, Nimai Sundar Das. Dandavar Pranam Guru Maharaj, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. From scriptures like Mahabharata, we get to know that though Arjun being a pure devotee of the Lord, time to time exhibit his secondary nature as a Kshatriya and acts accordingly. So while reviving our original consciousness or Krishna consciousness, how one should act or deal while executing his social spiritual duties. Another, another thing in this relation that it is very difficult to ascertain one's secondary nature. And I heard in one of the talks by his Holiness Sachinandan Maharaj that it takes one to two, one, twelve years to know his nature. Please elaborate this point. <clears throat> okay, I'll go to the first one. That you see, the nature is nature, and devotional service is to use the nature or use the propensities, use the t tendencies and talents in serving Krishna. You get the point. Hmm. And I don't know what you mean by secondary nature. Huh? The nature is nature. Uh, primary nature or secondary nature, I don't know. What do you mean by secondary nature? So that's, that's, you know, that's not nature, that's, as you say, it's propensity. So if some propensity is, they use it in Krishna's service. And I don't know why, I mean, what Satyana Maharaj meant, that it takes 12 years to know one's nature. Uh, who is in ignorance, who never cultivates, hmm, not only 12 years, it will take him millions of births. On the other hand, when he takes to Krishna consciousness, then he gives up his material nature and comes to his spiritual identity. That it doesn't be, be, depend on time. That will depend upon one's intensity of devotion. Right? Vishal Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, okay. 
My question is from yesterday's class that you said that one should not take initiation from his father. Is something prescribed about this in scripture? Please explain. Yeah, the scripture says uh, that one should not take initiation from his biological father. Okay. It has to be taken from somebody else. That's why Bhakti Vinod Thakur did not give initiation to Bhakti Siddhanta You get it? Laranya Haribo. <laughs> okay. Hare Krishna Guru. You said devotion is a process of surrender. How can fallen souls such as myself surrender to the Lord? Just by surrendering. <laughs> right? Okay. The thing is, how can you surrender? When you hear about Him, then you get to know how great He is. Then you got to know how wonderfully he takes care of his devotees and protects his devotees. Then what would you like to do? Huh? Yes. So? Did you say, didn't you say surrender? So? <laughs> so that is the way to surrender. Huh? Hear about Krishna and read about Krishna. Recognize how great he is. Then what will happen? Then it will be Krishna, I am surrendered to you. Alright? Because I know you will always protect me. So do you want, don't you want to be protected by Krishna? Won't it be wonderful when you are protected by Krishna? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Rajeshri, Radhika, okay. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, Dandavat Pranam, Guru Maharaj, Jaisi Aapne Kaha Ki Karmakanda Bish Ke Ghade Ke Saman Hai, Lekin Koi Baar Aisi Aisi Kya Banta Hai, Pari Ocha, Pari Sthitiya. ओके okay. ऐसी परिस्थितियां बनती हैं कि हमें कर्मकांड का हिस्सा बनना पड़ता है उस समय हमें क्या करना चाहिए जब बीमारी होता है ना तब कभी-कभी पॉइजन भी लेना पड़ता है दवाई की तरह दवाई जो है वो पॉइजन की तरह है पॉइजन ही है बल्कि विशेष स्थिति में वो पॉइजन इलाज हो लाता है तो वैसे जो तुम कह रहे हो कि कुछ इस कुछ स्थिति में ऐसा करना पड़ता है जब करना पड़ता है तो करो <laughs> लेकिन कर्मकांड का उद्देश्य मत बनाओ असल उद्देश्य क्या होना चाहिए असल उद्देश्य वेरी गुड 
तब कर्मकांड क्या हुआ हाँ वही बात है ठीक है श्याम प्यारी दासी गुरु महाराज यू से कर्मकांड एंड ज्ञान कांड आर टू पॉट्स ऑफ पॉइजन वन हु ड्रिंक्स दिस इज वेरी इज हिज वेरी एक्सिस्टेंस इज डूम देन वाई इट इज एक्सप्लेन इन भगवत गीता काइंडली एक्सप्लेन इट्स बिन एक्सप्लेन इट्स बिन मैंशन इन भगवत गीता सो दैट वन रेकग्नाइज दैट इट इज वन स्टेप टू गो टू द नेक्स्ट स्टेप But when you go to the next step, then is there any need for that step? What do you do? When you are climbing on a ladder, when you take one step and after another, then do you have any need for the previous step? No. And especially when you are going one-way traffic, just going up. If you are worried about coming down, then it was needed. But when you don't worry about coming down. Kirti Kumari Dasi, your question. Okay, please accept. Okay, etc. I do not know if I understood correctly. The path of gain is compared to a pot of poison. Gain or Maya, gain may or may not lead to bhakti. But then we see that gain is one of the sons of Bhakti Devi. So in that sense, gain. Flowing from bhakti cannot be poisoned, right? Yeah. <clears throat> See, it's compared to poison because you're searching for nectar. When your goal is nectar, if it is not nectar, then it is compared to right, or it is opposite to nectar. It's compared to poison. It's not poison in that sense, right? So, and. You see, when gana comes on its own, then it's fine. But the point is, gana should not be the goal. Bhakti is the goal. Bhakti, along with bhakti, gana is automatically coming. Uh, so when it is, uh, when it is available as a bonus, <laughs> then it's no problem. <laughs> Karunika Devi Dasi, <clears throat> if a warrior in fighting in the war for his country is right, or he should think the reason for the fight and then decide to fight, I want to ask how a person should behave for his action. In the material world, please guide us. <clears throat> you see, there are two considerations. Uh, one is social or material responsibility or duty, and the other is spiritual responsibility. So when one has joined the army and fighting for his country, then he has to fight because that is what he has selected. Just as 
when one joined a company as an engineer to build a bridge, he'll have to build a bridge, right? He cannot question, will this bridge be used in Krishna's service? <laughs> if not, then I'm not going to work for that. You can't, because that is what you're getting paid for. So similarly, those who are fighting, and those who join the army, and then they, were, they have to fight, they have to fight. Right? A soldier. V. Rambhadran. Oh, yeah. Arinana. <laughs> My understanding is the soul is pure as it is a part of Krishna. <clears throat> but the soul carries the karmic reactions over birth and death. Where are the karmic reactions stored? Do they form a part of the mind, intelligence and false ego? Uh, which get carried carried over. Thank you. Yes, the karmic reactions remain in the subtle body, as you mentioned. Does it remain in the mind, intelligence, and false? In simple words, we can say that when we do something, don't our mind get affected? But doesn't our mind get affected by that? Like when you do something very good, how does your how do you feel in the mind? Huh? You feel elated, you feel happy. When you do something wrong, and even though no one saw you, how do you feel in your mind? It uh, you feel happy. So this is how our action affects our minds, mind, meaning the subtle body, and according to our action. The subtle body takes the shape, and according to that shape, the subtle body takes the soul to the next body. Is this clear? Uh, Rasamurti Das. I thank you so much for your wonderful class. My question is, sometimes it is very difficult to understand Krishna's pastimes. How we can be fully absorbed in it? So, <clears throat> sometimes huh, it is very difficult to understand Krishna's pastimes then you are saying how we can fully, fully be absorbed in Lord's pastimes. Uh, you see, as I told earlier, to begin with, Krishna's activities are inconceivable. Right? That is how you have to begin. Inconceivable means we cannot understand. So with that understanding we have to approach Krishna's pastimes.
right? Otherwise, if you try to figure out, how can anybody lift a mountain? If you try, will you ever, ever be able to understand it? So, don't try to understand it. Krishna did it. Krishna can do it. Alright? What to speak of a mountain? Just by his thought, Krishna is making all these universes floating in the space. Can you fathom that? Can you figure that out? So, don't try to understand it. Okay? Just accept it and relish it. Just accept it and appreciate it. Manoj We have so much, we hear so much about birth, old age, disease and death. Also observe it in our day-to-day -day life and try to remember these teachings, but then also we forget how to realize these teachings. Yeah? Again, another question, like, although we are seeing people are dying and getting old and so forth, disease, but we think that it's not going to happen to us. Right? That's the problem. Then wait for it till it comes. <laughs> then you'll see how it comes. Okay? Now that you are young and full of vitality, you are thinking, I'll never get old. But give it another 40 years and you'll see. Okay? Shilavati Radha Dasi, Kolkata, from Internet. I am very, very grateful to you for accepting me as your disciple. We hear from exalted Vaishnavas that, is, that it is important to do vichar or self-assessment every day, and that we may maintain a journal and write down our progress. My humble request is, if you can kindly enlighten us with some practical ways of being self-assessment, doing self-assessment every day, so that we can become progressive devotees. Also, I'll be very obliged if you can kindly explain the meaning of the word Shilavati. So, <clears throat> yes, self-assessment is good. Like Bhakti Vinod Thakur actually mentioned that uh, um, on every Ekadasi we should consider how much progress we made from previous Ekadasi. So this is the way he is suggesting that we assess our progress. And as you said, yes, you can maintain a journal and write down your progress. Yeah, that's a good way. 
like and as as is asked to suggest some practical way of doing self assessment uh, you know we have to make a yardstick uh, or uh, judging or measuring factor that i am here say you can start off with what time i am getting up in the morning how soon i am chanting my how long it takes me to finish my rounds uh, and how many uh, times we are reading proper books what kind of service i am rendering to krishna how many books i distributed uh, that way it reminds me that now we are expecting from the gbc that everybody should be involved in book distribution and you know what the target is just one book a week is it a big challenge big task okay let me ask how many of you want to distribute books well maybe i should ask how many of you don't want to distribute okay so how many of you want to distribute at least one big book a week oh the hands that didn't go up that means that they don't they want to distribute more than one books okay make that book to be a big one <laughs> okay thank you hari krishna uh and shilavati you asked uh, what's the meaning of the name shilavati it's if i'm not mistaken is and one of the names of shrimati radharani here shila means jewel the one who is decorated with jewels she is shilavati thank you hari krishna all glories to shila prabhupada